You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Welcome back to the Buffalo Beat Buffalo Rumblings Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega, and today we will be previewing the Bills versus 49ers. And look, I'm just going to be honest with you. Uh, um, I can't wait for this uh, four-game stretch to just end. You know, it's, it's been so much tension and so much drama. You know, you had, obviously, the Seahawks game where we were we, it looked like we were the underdog, like we were not going to be able to match up well against them. We still ended up beating them. Uh, you know, we go against the Cardinals and the Hail Mary, and then, uh, obviously, we go against uh, Justin Herbert, and he does Justin Herbert things, but we keep him in check, and now we're going up against a banged-up 49ers team. And, uh, guys, we're going to get into it, and... Uh, you know, we'll talk about Josh Allen getting injured and how we got Matt Milano getting back into practice. There's a lot of things that are going on that are trending in the right direction for an AFC East title. And we're going to break down some things on what the Bills can do effectively against the 49ers and what they need to do consistently as the weeks go on uh, with the final next stretch of the season here. And, um, you know, it's going to be a big one. You know, you obviously have the Steelers coming up, and then you have the divisional games. Uh, we're going to have to play against the Broncos, who still have a very stout defense, nonetheless of losing who they've lost. They're still a formidable team, and this this is what we're dealing with. You know, we never would have thought <laughs> that the Bills and the Miami Dolphins would be fighting for an AFC's title at the end of this season. It, it's unprecedented, you know, honestly, especially when you looked at what happened with, uh, you know, Cam Newton get getting in the Patriots and, you know, how they just looked like they were ready to go and then everyone started opting out. This season has definitely been in favor for the Buffalo Bills. I think that everyone is anticipating a very strong finish here, and so am I. So how about we just jump into this 49ers uh, preview here? So, we got to start off with the Buffalo Bills offense versus the San Francisco 49ers defense. And I'm just going to compare tape, uh, what I saw, and obviously we'll get into some of the numbers. But, you know, I'm looking at the only way to establish yourself against the 49ers has to be on the ground. Uh, you really have to respect, number one, Richard Sherman's back, you know, very good communicator, of, uh, you know, very smart veteran. He's been there. He's done it. He's a Super Bowl champion. You have to give respect where it's due. Uh, you know, Jared Goff had a very, you know, tough game against that secondary and a game where the, you know, the Rams couldn't get the running game going. And if we were to 
carry on that momentum that we had from the Chargers into the 49ers game with running the football, I really don't see us having an issue opening up the playbook. Now, if we're talking about spreading out five wide or getting the bunch set, uh, you know, tight slots, and we're just, you know, throwing a bunch of motion everywhere, I'm just going to say it. I I do not think it's going to be very effective early on in the game. We have to figure out how to run the football. And I'm excited for Devin Singletary. I know there was, you know, the, the fumble was such a key fumble, but our defense is, is, is catching their stride. I, I, I really do think we should focus on the running game, you know, feed these young bucks, let them know what it's going to feel like when we hit the playoffs and we cannot get the passing game going because that's a really big issue. A lot of teams have, they'll hit the playoffs or they'll hit a very key game at the end of the season and they can't get the running game going because your running backs aren't used to carrying the load. And, you know, obviously we're putting a lot on Josh Allen's shoulders. And let me tell you something right now, Josh Allen is playing the best he can right now. I mean, he's going to keep growing. And I'm going to tell you right now, he is playing great. I don't think uh, I'm going to feed into this whole thing about, oh, he has great games and he has really bad games. Look, the Chargers defense was really good. Joey Bosa is no joke. And let me tell you something about the Chargers real quick. You know, going, I'm trying to, I'm trying to line up these both games together as best I can. Look, the Chargers were only in six games, one possession away from either tying it or winning it. So I really look at what the Bills were able to do against the Chargers, and I think it was a perfect um, you know, game to set us up to play against the San Francisco 49ers. And the reason I say that is because I really do think their defense is very similar uh, you know, to the to the you know to the 49ers. And something about, you know, just the way their their secondary played Stephon Diggs. I mean, Stephon Diggs basically got nothing going. Uh, we had to get really creative. The run game got going. You know, Josh Allen had to run to the outside like he get like he did against Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, you know, it's just it's it's good to see that even when we're in a tight close matchup, you know, we find a way to win. And that's all that matters, right? At the end of the day, that's all you need in the playoffs. That's all you need when you get to the Super Bowl. Find a way to win. And that's it. I mean, you look back at, just for an example, I mean, you look at when the Patriots won against the, you know, Los Angeles Rams. Everyone thought it was going to be, a, you know, a 30 to 27 game. It ended up being <laughs> decided by a, a Gronkowski, you know, streak catch. It, it, you know, that's what it took to win the game. And I look at what the Bills are, you know, going up against the 49ers and the 49ers are going to make you pick and choose. They're going to play really good zone and, you know, they're they're going to make it a point to stop Stephon Diggs. Now, I'm going to get into this matchup, right? We're going to talk about the Bills offense and the 49ers defense even more here. Stephon Diggs has shown in the past that he can expose them. You know, he can expose the 49ers and the reason I say we have to establish the running game is because we're going to be able to get the one-on-one matchups. We're gonna, they're going to want to play more man-to-man and start to you know fill up that box. That's exactly what we need. We need to get those one-on-one chances, and you know they're probably going to play you know a two deep and play man-to-man a lot because they're going to have to watch you know the run. They're going to have to seal the edge with Josh Allen being able to do the read option. But this is a game where I think could be a signature game we look back at for Stephon Diggs to really show up and show out and, you know, carry uh, the Buffalo Bills offense when need be. And, uh, you know, a very, uh, you know, uncharacteristic game 
last game for him against the Chargers, but I really do see that we match up really well against him. I think he's going to know how to attack. Uh, you know, he, he had to prepare when he was on the Vikings and he knew how to attack. And it's just one of those things. He, you just saw Kirk cousin throw up a 41 yard touchdown to him in that game, uh, you know, last year. And when I look at what Josh Allen can do, you know, they're asking him to do a lot, which you know, it was expected in the third year. But the thing is, eventually, he's going to have to start just lobbing the ball up into one-on-one coverage. And you saw how he, I, I get people were, you know, getting on him for that interception, but I'm thankful, at least, when he threw the interception, he threw it to Stephon Diggs. So they can build this camaraderie, like, look, if I'm in trouble, I'm going to you. If you're in double coverage, I'm going to expect you to try to make a play. And, and, and that's what I expect to, you know, to end up happening in this game where he sees one-on-one, he's just going to throw it up. It, look, against formidable opponents, sloppy play is bound to happen on either side because what you're looking at is a situation where <laughs> something's got to give. Someone has to do something, and that always leads to either an interception or either a really big play. I mean, you look at what Josh Allen threw to Gabe Davis. I mean, and, and look, Gabe Davis's numbers, you got him right here. You got a three receptions for 79 yards and a touchdown. We won the game with that, you know, in, in a key drive where we're trying to push the ball down the field, and, and, you know, it's a game of, you know, obviously field position. We're just trying to get in the red zone. Here you go. Throw it up to your 6364 wide receiver and see if he can go get it. The cornerback could not reach over to stop him. And Josh is starting to develop that part of his game and I'm really excited about that. And you know, that's something that you would expect out of Gabe Davis too, you know what I mean? Become that guy that Josh Allen can also trust when you have Stefan Diggs double covered and more importantly, when John Brown is injured, can he step up step up into that next role? And I really do think he's coming into his own. I'm really excited about him. So, you know, looking at the stat line and hopefully seeing how they can translate into uh, the 49ers game is, oh my gosh, look at this running game numbers. And we got 11 carries for seven single, Devin Singletary with 82 yards and 7.5, you know, as an average. And you got Zach Moss, you know, right there with him. Nine carries, 59 yards, 6.6 averages on a carry. So, and then you got, you know, obviously Josh Allen helping out with nine carries for 32 yards and 3.6 and a touchdown. So, you know, what you have there is obviously the triple threat. This is what the Bills were hoping to find, uh, having to move on from Gore, having to move on from LaShawn McCoy. And, you know, you're starting to try to develop that backfield and it's starting to really come together because, you know, Zach Moss is no scrub and he is starting to really show up and he's really starting to show out. And I'm really excited about his development. Um, you know, and going to the stat lines on the passing game, I know people are going to talk about it, how it was very, a very pedestrian game for Josh Allen. I mean, basically what the chargers did was say, run the football on us. You're not going to be able to throw it. <laughs> so we threw a lot of screen passes and, uh, you know, we ran the football a bunch and that's how we had to win the game. And we played really good defense. And, you know, I'm looking at that momentum going into the 49ers game. And I think to be quite honest with you, it's going to be the same formula, uh, you know, disguising the screen plays, you know, getting the running backs involved in the passing game, uh, you know, establishing the run game. The thing with, you look at the games that the Buffalo Bills passed the ball really well. It was against, you know, 
secondaries that, quite frankly, were unproven. Yes, people are going to talk about the Dolphins. Oh, they were proven. They really weren't. They were a new secondary playing together. And Josh Allen exposed them. But as Josh Allen has always exposed the Miami Dolphins, and I think he will continue to do so, they just do not match up well against him. And, uh, you know, you look back at all those games that we were throwing the ball all over the place. Uh, you know, definitely favorable conditions for the wide receivers to get open because you can't double, triple cover, uh, you know, three receivers at the same time. Someone's going to get open. Cole, Stefan, or John Brown. And now you throw Gabe Davis in the mix, and I think it's very dangerous. So, you know, definitely a game where I think it's going to be smash mouth football, and I think it's going to be leading up right into that matchup that everyone's excited about against the undefeated uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. We're not going to look over the 49ers because a lot of people do, right? (laughs) So how about we flip the script now and we talk about the 49ers offense versus the Buffalo Bills defense. So you look at the matchup against the Rams and the uh, 49ers, and one thing you're going to notice is obviously they're very, very evenly matched. And you got the 49ers missing, you know, George Kittle and Jimmy G, and they still were able to win that game. That, to me, says a whole lot. And I'm going to say something about Mullins, though. Ever since I saw him come into the league, I've always kind of respected his arm. Uh, I, just, I just feel like he definitely has some pretty good arm talent. I, I don't think it should be under, you know, undermined. I definitely think that what they're able to do with him can still win you a football game. As you saw, I mean, the man, although he wasn't able to, you know, throw a touchdown, he was still able to throw for over 250 yards, uh, you know, 24 completions off of 35. And this is a backup and he's not turning the ball over in the air. I mean, that's something you want to see. Obviously, he definitely, he's getting smacked a lot this year. I think they're one of the highest teams in allowing sacks. So you look at the Buffalo Bills getting about 30 sacks already this season. That's something that we could uh, possibly be able to exploit against the San Francisco 49ers. And the one thing, too, I look at is, you know, they definitely try to commit themselves to the run game. You got Raheem Mostert and uh, Wilson Jr. And more importantly, one person I will always respect, I don't care how the record shows for the 49ers, is Kyle Huszczyk. I don't care what anybody says. That man is a monster, and he can pop off any game just like George Kittle. So that's one person I'm looking at their offense being able to definitely try to exploit against the Bills defense. So definitely we got to be careful with a bunch of their weapons, you know, that they got, uh, you know, behind Nate Mullins there. And, you know, they were able to expose the the LA Rams. Yes, it's a divisional game, so it's always going to be, you know, it's going to be close. You know, they really know each other. They got a bunch of tape on each other. But you look at Debo Samuel getting 11 receptions for 133 yards, and it just opened up the offense for him. I mean, every time that man got the football, he is a he gets hit and he keeps going. That's not normal for wide receivers. You know, that's a DK Metcalf kind of thing. It's also a Stefan Diggs kind of thing. So, uh, you know, definitely someone we have to respect. We have to make sure we are most likely playing man to man all game on. <laughs> You're going to probably be seeing uh, Levi Wallace uh, trading up with Tredavious White a lot in that game just to be able to always have a body on him that's fresh and ready to go because the minute that man gets moving, the 49ers offense gets moving. So, you know, definitely, you know, you look at the way they were able to exploit the Rams offensively. And look, I'm going to be honest with you. To this day, throughout this whole season, I really just have, I don't really have a lot of respect for the Los Angeles Rams secondary. So I think we're going to give them a lot more trouble. You know, so you look at the other side here and you look at uh, what the Buffalo Bills were able to do in a key situation where Josh Allen turns over the football. 
you know, you got the Chargers trying to push the push the ball back down the field, and Tredavious White one on one against Mike Williams gets the interception. Look, this is what you want to see, and you know, I don't think that Debo Samuel is light years ahead of Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. You know what I mean? I think he's probably right around there with them. Uh, so I do see us matching up well against them as long as we don't give up the big play. So that's the thing about the defense we're going to have to be very careful with is watching the big play. Now, big shout out to defensive player of the week, AJ Klein, getting a, uh, you know, I, I believe it was 14 tackles and uh, a, a sack and a half and more importantly, just playing all over the field in a game where you don't have Matt Milano and you really need to get someone to compliment Tremaine Edmonds, that was the game to do it. You know, they, they I'm going to tell you right now, the Chargers run game, it could have gotten really bad and we were able to seal the edge all game long. Yeah, they had their runs, they had their moments, but I'm going to tell you right now, seeing the way he flew around, that's what you need, especially when it's the next man up, especially when you're playing that nickel defense where you got to watch the run game, you got to watch everything. <laughs> um, and this is something that the 49ers do, right? So you're going to see a lot of those jet sweeps with Debo Samuel. Can we get the linebackers on the outside quick enough to seal the edge. I'm hoping and I'm believing that we're going to be able to do that because Debo Samuel was gouging the Los Angeles Rams with that play. So, and it's really hard to see. It's a very good play to use it as, as a disguise. You know, it's something that Sean McVay does a lot, but uh, you know, when you got a guy like Debo Samuel who can read defenses, who's very quick, very physical, it's easy to just dump, just dump the ball off to him. You know what I'm saying? He kind of reminds me whenever he gets behind on the jet sweep, kind of like a Cordell Pat, you know, Cordero Patterson kind of guy uh, that you can <laughs> throw in the halfback, you know, uh, situation for an emergency and just give him the football. I mean, the guy can take it. So, uh, you know, going to the Bills defense again real quick though, you do notice that the front four are starting to really gel. They're starting to play. They're starting to, you know what they're doing? They're just, they're mixing up their pressures a lot on that four-man rush. And I think that's so key, especially against a guy like Nate Mullins that I think he's a little bit slower when he reads, when he goes through his reads. Uh, uh, definitely, you know, a couple of steps behind Jimmy G. Jimmy G will definitely be able to dump that ball off quick, read your defenses a lot quicker. Um, his physical attributes are a lot different. So, um, Look, the thing about the difference between Jimmy G and Nate Mullins is very simple. Jimmy G is just more explosive. Uh, Nate Mullins is just a less, you know, explosive Jimmy G. I think they both bring the same thing to the table. Uh, but the main thing we got to watch out for is giving them too much time. So the front four, if they're playing how they were playing last game, I, I think we win this game easily uh, just because. <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, they are going to struggle if we start getting to that quarterback at least more than four to five times. They're not going to have confidence to throw the football. They're going to have to completely rely on the running game. And the times that they try to throw the football, that man does not have the power in his throat to zip it into double coverage. You know, our guys are going to have a field day. So I think we got to get the hands up at the line of scrimmage, which I think we do a really great job on. I think a, a really good game coming for Jerry Hughes and AJ Klein, in my opinion. I'm really seeing them. I just have them projected at just doing really well, being able to seal the edge and get a lot of pressure on the quarterback and, you know, get in there in disguise. So, and we can also talk about Tremaine Edmonds, right? Tremaine Edmonds, and we'll jump back 
and I, I kind of want to compare him actually to Warner on the 49ers because I feel like they're kind of similar. Uh, you know, I look at the way Tremaine Edmonds played and I think it was a very signature game for him, you know, definitely just held his own. You know, he had 11 combined tackles and eight assists. I mean, he just did his thing and he provided opportunities for the rest of the defense. Uh, You look at the linebackers, you know, you look at the defensive line. When you got a guy who is managing that Mike linebacker spot just the way he did, I mean, it just really helps everyone. And that's what you want to see. You really want to, you know, make another team feel intimidated. And I'm going to tell you right now, you have to intimidate Raheem Mostert early or he will start gashing you up the middle. And that's something that I think, you know, again, good to see Tremaine Edmonds catching his stride. And I want to, I want to talk about, um, you know, Warner from uh, the San Francisco 49ers real quick too, just to, just in comparison is the one thing I noticed between them is they're very, very good going sideline to sideline. And, you know, Typically, a lot of people will see a middle linebacker and they'll be like, yeah, you know what? I just want a middle linebacker who can seal up the middle and, you know, just just go straight at the quarterback or just manage, you know, if we're playing cover one, he can just stay in the middle and just, you know, give that devastating hit, whatever, right? The thing about Fred Warner in comparison to Tremaine Edmonds, it's like he is a harder hitter, right? I I think they definitely have similarities in the sideline to sideline. And the thing about also is they're very, very good in pass coverage. And that's something that I look at and I'm going to be like, this is going to be so fun to watch how Josh Allen, uh, you know, goes up against Fred Warner. And I think in practice, they're definitely going to try to simulate, you know, that Fred Warner situation. Because the thing is, if you cannot expose him, just it's it's just like the same thing with Raheem Mostert. If you don't intimidate him early, he's going to have his way the whole game. It's the same thing with Fred Warner. If Josh Allen does not figure out a way on how to fool him with his eyes, how to fool him with his body language, Fred Warner will expose you very quickly if you give him the chance. He'll cause turnovers, he'll break up the passing game, and you know, it's going to be a big game for the linebackers and you know, getting pressure on the quarterback. And you look at what the Chargers were able to do and let's let's be real with you. <laughs> Joey Bosa they don't got Nick Bosa, right? So <laughs> they don't got a Bosa to to get in there and you know, bully Josh Allen the way he was bullied. He was sacked three times, almost broke his leg in half. God bless him for getting back in that game because that was a scary injury to watch. But, you know, look, just goes to show you that, you know, Josh Allen's built for the NFL, right? And he got back in there. He, he won the football game. As simple as that. And uh, look, I'm looking at the way we're matching up. And the last thing I want to get into here is giving credit where it's due. All right. <laughs> I really ripped uh, Dawson Knox recently, and I got to give credit where it's due. He showed up. Yes, it was just a two-yard touchdown, but also when it came down to helping out in the running game, he did a great job, and I think he definitely needed to be shouted out for that. And you look at the offensive line in conjunction you know, you obviously got Mitch Morris back. You got the you got the line. Basically, you're going to be looking at for the rest of the season. You know, knock on wood for any injuries, right? And you look at Dawson Knox being able to help out, seal the edge, and you know, we're able to gash him for you know that one run with Devin Singletary up the left side. You know, that's what you need to see. You know, and, and I'm looking at 
what we're going to be able to do, and it's going to, it's definitely going to be a full team effort. It's definitely going to be one of those things where we're going to have to really heavily rely on the running game. We're going to have to really heavily rely on also field position. So you look at the punting game, uh, you look at, you know, obviously Andre Roberts getting off, you know, getting off to that hot start is what we need. But the last thing here too, look at what the bills were able to do in the third quarter manage the clock and score a touchdown. I mean, they killed so much clock off and then they still scored. That's what I wanted to see. Because when you average for the whole entire season, three points, it basically says you're willing to just win in the fourth quarter. You cannot rely on the fourth quarter to get you wins in the playoffs. The third quarter really puts the foot on the throat of, a, of another team. You look at even when they were trying to claw back, right? They, they were able to get the Hail Mary pass, whatever have you, but they had to burn so much. They had to burn all the timeouts before even that point. And, you know, the Chargers, and you look at the way we were able to just have control. So if we can just have control early on and then going in the third quarter, keep the same momentum, even if it's the same kind of score, that's what you want to see from the Buffalo Bills. Because, yes, there are going to be games where we're going to be able to have that offensive explosion. But, um, you know, for me, when I'm looking at the way we match up, it's going to be the same thing against the Chargers. Manage the clock. You know, chew it up. Score when you need to. Expose them in the red zone. And get to the quarterback. So that's all I got, guys. You know, I'm super excited about this matchup. Uh, thank you again for joining me on the Buffalo Bay Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I will be back next week again to break down what happened with this game and then getting into the following matchup that everyone is super excited about obviously against the pittsburgh steelers undefeated it's going to be a great game and finally we're going to see mini big ben versus the true big ben right so we'll see how that all pans out but you know i'm super excited about the bills chances to win the afc title afc east title and uh you know we'll see how they match up against a really really good pittsburgh team after this game so go bills Let's beat the 49ers. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.